new on Curiosity Stream. Get ready for the best of the best with our 100 Days of Curiosity, featuring fan favorite titles like Light on Earth with Sir David Attenborough. Join me on a journey like no other. Stephen Hawking's favorite places. It's a crazy world out there. The history of home with Nick Offerman. Not my home, just homes. Other people's homes. And many more. Don't miss 100 Days of Curiosity, happening right now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. I started my first job at Tim Hortons when I was 16 and worked there for many years throughout high school and university. I could probably add about 10 stories here about inappropriate regulars, but this is one that still really haunts me. I was about 17 or 18 at the time and worked at a location that was 10 minutes down the street from my parents' house. A neighbor, Alex, lived roughly eight houses down, started coming in regularly for coffee and small talk with me. Alex was at least 45 to 50, and it turns out he used to work with my dad and has lived in the neighborhood for years. Nothing about our conversation seemed weird or alarming to me. After a few months of completely normal interactions, he found me on Facebook. I accepted because I was young and had no social media boundaries at the time. This was when things started to get weird. He would DM me about things I was posting instead of commenting publicly. He would offer me rides to work or class and would make comments about my hair, makeup, and curves. I found out that he was married and has a son a few years younger than me. I started ignoring his messages and eventually removed him as a friend. When he came in for his coffee after this, he would ask for my number, wouldn't take no for an answer, and just generally made me uncomfortable. I started asking co-workers to serve him. My manager at the time refused to ban him from the store. I also learned that he used to send a past employee flowers and do the same things to her. Fast forward a few months, Alex seemed to have gotten the hint and stopped asking for me when he came into my workplace. One evening, I was walking my dog around my subdivision and smoking some weed as I did most nights before bed. I walked the same routine each night, which unfortunately meant I had to pass by his home. On my way back this night, I saw him out of the corner of my eye, coming out of his house with a baseball bat. He stood in his front yard for a few minutes, and then I could hear him starting to walk behind me and I panicked. I was also high and unsure if I should be as alarmed. Was this the time to panic? Some kids in the duplex across the street started banging on the window and making a bunch of noise. I was too scared to even look up at them. My dog started getting agitated and I decided to start running since I was only two minutes from home. I figured I could make it inside and lock the door. Alex must have been spooked by the noise and stopped following me. I'm very thankful for those kids who knew that the situation did not look right and tried to warn me. It worries me to think about what would have happened if they didn't. The story happened when my best friend and I were about 15 years old. We had to take an important exam at the end of the year, so we attended some private sessions in order to prepare. Because of this, we could only hang out on Saturdays after 5 p.m. We were at the mall, and after a bit of window shopping, she asked me to come outside in the park so she could smoke a cigarette. She took it from her mother, but I didn't smoke. I've never liked it. I accepted, as I was used to her requirement, so we were in the mall's park walking while she was smoking that damn cigarette. It was like 6 p.m., but it was already dark outside as this happened in the winter. 
let me describe to you the place where we were. This was a large park, full of trees and big rectangular-shaped bushes. On the side aisle, there were some restaurants, a full 10-meter gap, an exit to a dark street, and to the parking lot, another big space and a place for skating. We thought that we were 100% safe, as we were still walking on the mall's property. We arrived near the strange exit when a five-foot-nine man approaches us and asks for a cigarette. My friend tells him that she doesn't have any other cigarettes because she got it from someone else too. He seemed to be in his late 40s, was unshaven and wearing a red hood, which almost covered his eyes. I tell him that we have to go, to which he responds with some incoherent words. We both knew that something was off, so we started to back up. Why are you scared? I won't do anything to you, he said as he was approaching. We didn't answer. Don't worry, I've met a lot of girls like you, he said. Then he started to mumble other words I couldn't understand. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know if he had any weapons. Behind us was a huge bush. In front of us was him. If we chose to run in different directions, he would be able to catch at least one of us and probably take her with him. There weren't many people, but the ones who were passing by didn't seem to care about our terrified looks. My friend started to repeat that she was sorry, but she couldn't help him, and I think that one of the passers heard her. Fortunately, a man, maybe 6'3", who looked a lot more younger and stronger than the creep, stopped and asked why he was bothering us, but he wasn't given any response. My friend took the chance, crushed her cigarette with her foot as quickly as possible, and started running. I, as a complete idiot, remained frozen a few more seconds and looked in our savior's eyes, then started sprinting. I'm not sure how to translate it, but the six-foot-three man said in a slang language, something across the lines, fly already, while I started to depart. We didn't stop running until we were sure that they couldn't see us anymore. Both of them left, and we got back into the mall safely, and we never told anyone about this encounter. Never have I ever thought I'd have to worry about someone stalking me. This is from a couple years back, so it's hard to get every detail. I'm sorry, it's not perfect. From a young age, I've always been told about stranger danger and such. I actually had a Facebook at a really young age, because my parents knew I was aware. I only really got on there for a game called Yeovil. Anyways, I created an Instagram and grew a significant amount of followers. It's kind of scary not knowing who follows you, but I modeled, and it never crossed my mind that someone was watching. It all started when I was going on a trip, and received a Snapchat from a user named Hot Daddy. Okay, nothing to it, right? Sent a picture of his private parts. Weird. But it was nothing new to many girls. I did not reply and went on to my day. I wasn't paying much to my phone because I was at the zoo. So every now and then I'd look on my phone and to reply to friends and such, I looked at another message and noticed that hot daddy again texted me saying, you opened my snap. I would never think you'd reply. Do you still live on, inserts my old address? Obviously I was shocked. I wasn't going to say I moved so I said yes I did. He explained that he has seen my Instagram pictures and me being around town. He knew the locations. I didn't know his name, but he 
named a street that was right by me, so I knew he must have lived down there somewhere. He then replied, I've been seeing you around for years and I was so nervous to talk to you. I was a little confused, thinking it was a joke for my friends. I mean, who would actually stalk? He just said a bunch of weird things that I couldn't wrap my head around. I asked if he stalked me or something. This wasn't a friend I knew, but a part of me wish it was. I was always skeptical of the old house after my dad passed away. It wasn't the nicest neighborhood and a lot of scary things happened when we lived there. It was only my mom, my 15-year-old brother, and 17-year-old me. Hot Daddy replied, I've only seen you walking around. I never stalked you, but I can if you want me to. He also insisted to pick me up to take me to McDonald's. Mind you, he thinks I still live there. I wanted to make sure it wasn't one of my friends playing a joke, so I asked him to send a picture. It was a man. I blocked him. I didn't know his name. I didn't know if he still followed me. I don't know if it was a joke, but one of my friends actually lives on the road, and she opened the door one day to a white man, asking to mow the lawn. He examined her and pushed the door open a little bit until she replied no. He got on her snap as well, so I know he knew what she looked like. He was an easy target to spot because the majority of people who lived down that road were not white. He was also a construction worker, so it was an easy spotting. This was two years back, so hot daddy, or whoever the hell you are, I hope we never meet. This all started a year ago. I, 23 and female, live on the second floor of an apartment complex and have lived here my entire life. The building is mostly comprised of families with young children and married couples. A lot of the families have lived here as long as my family has so everyone knows each other pretty well. There is only one apartment unit that isn't occupied by a family, but rather by a pair of brothers who keep to themselves. One day, one of their sons, around my age, appeared out of the blue. He was strange off the bat. He would always wear a sweatshirt with the hood up and would run through the apartment complex to get to his apartment. I'm not sure what his face looks like because he always had the hood over his face. He lived on the first floor, on the back side of the complex, and would often get into his place by jumping through the window. He basically did everything in his power to avoid any interaction. I didn't mind him, because I never saw him due to my busy schedule. However, one day, he started sitting on top of the staircase that leads to my apartment. This was strange because his apartment unit was on the other side of the complex, and on the first floor. I brushed it off at first but it started happening every day. When I would come home from school, he was there. When my boyfriend at the time would drop me off at night, typically around 10.30 or 11, he would be there. Sometimes when I would leave and come back hours later, he would still be in the exact same spot as if he didn't move through the five plus hours I was gone. At this point, I told my parents and boyfriend about it, and they became very vigilant. My boyfriend would park his car and walk me to my door every night he dropped me off. Once he saw my boyfriend, he stopped sitting on the staircase, and I thought it was over, but it wasn't. He started waiting for me at my bus stop. The bus I take home from school stops right across the street from my home, so it's a short walk. One day when I was getting off, I saw him waiting at the bus stop. Once he saw me get off, he followed me into the complex and sat on the staircase. 
He also started following me when I would walk my dog. At this point, my parents were upset. My mom started letting the neighbors know he was following me around. My neighbors started making sure he wasn't bothering me, or if I was alone, they would start a conversation with me until I got into my door. One day, I got a friend request on Facebook from this guy. Mind you, he had never spoken a word to me, so how did he know my name, let alone find me on Facebook? My mom tried talking to his father, but they would never answer the door when my mom knocked on their door. So I'm thinking, it can't possibly get any worse, right? He seemed harmless, so I wasn't too worried. I was wrong. One day when I returned from my boyfriend's house, my mom told me she had something to tell me, but she didn't want me to get spooked. She proceeded to tell me that when she was walking towards the kitchen to get a glass of water, was when she saw something in the tree move. Our kitchen has a huge window that takes up most of the wall. In front of the window, there's a huge tree. If someone were to climb the tree, you could see into our apartment. Well, guess what? When my mom took a closer look, she realized my neighbor was sitting in the tree looking straight into the apartment. My mom called my dad over, and when my neighbor saw my dad, he jumped off the tree. At that moment, I felt my peace stolen from me. We filed a police report, but when the police went looking for him, he was gone. It turned out there were snack wrappers and a blanket hidden in between the leaves of the trees. The police think that wasn't the first time he was up on J-Tree. I couldn't help but to wonder how many times he saw me walking around and I had no idea. It's been about six months and I haven't seen him since. His father still lives in the complex, but there's no sight of him. The police haven't been able to find him, so I have no idea what happened to him. Hi everyone, so this happened about a year ago, and it's still pretty freaky. For context, my friend and I are both 22 and female. My friend Anna and I were bored one weekend and decided to go to a popular beach to take some pictures and just mess around. So we took pictures and had a really lovely day. Then on the way back, we were starving, so we decided to stop at McDonald's in the beach town. This town is like really, really famous and nice. All the celebrities live there and it's beautiful. There's also a super famous restaurant right off the highway on the beach that's known for celebrities and rich people going. This McDonald's was directly across the street from that restaurant. Since so many famous people go to this restaurant, and it's on a pretty busy road, most of them have drivers that take them, usually in black Escalades. Usually in big black Escalades. The drivers would usually hang out in the parking lot of that McDonald's while their bosses ate across the street. Anna and I didn't know this at the time. We just wanted a McFlurry. So we go to the McDonald's, and right when we get out of the car, she starts acting really weird. She like triple checks that the car doors are locked and grabs her fancy camera to bring inside. I ask her what's up and she says there is a group of guys, the drivers, standing in front of McDonald's smoking and staring at us and it was giving her the creeps. I'm a pretty chill and trusting person, so I don't think much of it. It's a busy place in a super nice town. I'm not worried. We go in, and there are a few other people in there about our age. We get our food and sit at the table to eat. One of the drivers comes in, and sits a few booths down with his back to the wall, right where he can see us. My back is to him, 
but Anna gets really creeped out and wants to leave. This guy isn't eating nor anything, he's just staring at us. Again, this is a pretty crowded McDonald's in one of the nicest towns in Southern California, so I feel pretty safe. Living in South Central, you get used to the odd creep. Still, Anna was freaked out, so I agree to go. I just have to run to the bathroom first. It was one of those McDonald's where the counter and main dining room were in one big room, and then there was a sort of hallway off to the side of the counter, with more seating, and the bathroom at the end, way in the back. There was also a door going outside right next to the bathrooms. The bathroom only had two stalls. I just walked into the first stall, not really paying attention to whether or not anyone else was in there. So I'm in there doing my thing, and then I hear the door open, and I hear Anna call my name. At this point, I'm very confused, since she's supposed to be watching her stuff, and I'm like, Yeah, what's up? She asks, Are you okay? Yeah, just peeing, I reply. She was like, Oh, okay, and just stands there in the doorway. After a second, I hear her leave, and I'm thinking, That's very weird. So I walk out of the bathroom and see her waiting by the door with all our stuff in her hands. I ask her what's going on and why she came to the bathroom. And she just looks at me really panicky and is like, we need to leave right now. At this point, I'm still not afraid, just confused. We rush out to the car and she starts telling me what happened. Turns out when I walked into the bathroom, the creeper driver followed me in a little while after. I don't remember hearing him come in but maybe I did and just assumed someone had either been in the stall next to me and was leaving, or had just come to check their makeup or something. I'll be honest, I really wasn't paying attention. I know for sure I wasn't aware that anyone had entered the stall next to me, because he didn't close the stall door when he came in. She was on her phone, so she didn't see him follow me either. A young guy noticed and went up to my friend asking if we knew the driver. Frantic, she told him we did not and ran to check on me. He was in the stall next to me with the stall door open. It was the large handicap stall, not making a sound. She came in and didn't see him, so she called my name to make sure I was still alive, and he rushed out of the stall past her. She was in shock and didn't know what to do other than gather our things and prepare to run. When we went to her car, he was sitting in his big black car with tinted windows next to us, still staring. We sped off. And when I got the story, we called the McDonald's to let them know what happened. They didn't really care. And then we called the non-emergency sheriff line to report it as well. Which was closed. Thank you Malibu for nothing. Eventually, my mom went full on Mama Bear and threatened to blast it all over social media that they didn't take my report seriously. And got a hold of someone at corporate from there. They checked their cameras and they saw the guy follow me in. A police report was made, so hopefully this never happens to anyone else again. Thank God, nothing happened. But it was really scary. The guy was sitting in his car staring at us when we left. Who knows what he was planning on doing. When I was 17, I started working at my local grocery store. About three weeks in, I got transferred from the front, baggers, cashiers, to produce. My first week in produce, I met all the people in my department and all was going well. One night on my second week in produce, I was closing alone when this girl comes in. My back turned to her, I hear, You're new. When did you start? 
I turn around and we start to have a conversation while I put the last few things from my cart on the shelf. I had about ten minutes left on my shift and was trying to go downstairs to crush my boxes. But this girl continued to talk and took no social cues that I was trying to leave. I finally get tired of listening to her talk and start to pull my cart through the produce section as she slowly follows, still talking. Eventually, we got to the doors, employees only, and I start to make my way through and she comes in right after me. I explain that unfortunately she can't come this way and she needs to just go check out as our store will be closing soon. She says bye and leaves and I thought that was odd, but maybe she's just a bit weird. Crush my boxes, go home, and didn't think about it. Two days later, I'm closing up again and the same thing happens. This time, she starts asking for my phone number. I explain that I don't have a phone at this time, hence why I had a job so I could get one. Okay, well, would you want to hang out when you get off? I kind of felt bad at this point as I thought she was just a bit odd and just looking for friends. I tell her maybe next time, as my mom was picking me up. Every night I worked, she would come in and just pick up one grapefruit and then walk around basically acting like she was either on the phone or pretending to shop and then casually stop by me. It got old really quick to the point of where I would hide in the hallway and watch her till she left. Eventually other people in my store heard about her and rumors went around that she was stalking me. The deli manager explained that she and her boyfriend, he also worked in the deli, also had been stalked by her for a number of months. Eventually, she stopped coming by at night, as I was always hiding when she did come. A few weeks go by, and I had just gotten off work, early shift for a change, and my friends were meeting me at work to hang out after, two guys and one girl. So I head out to the parking lot and meet up with them, when my stalker comes out of nowhere and hugs me. I haven't seen you at work in so long. Oh yeah, they switched my hours, so... Now I don't work late anymore. Well, one thing leads to another, my friend, female, starts to talk to her and basically invites her to hang out with us. She jumps on the opportunity after I explain to my friend that she was stalking me. And so we all start walking back to my friend's house to hang in the backyard, as it was a nice summer's night. The night wasn't bad. We all just hung out and I kind of avoided the stalker while my friend, female, kept her entertained. The night came on pretty fast and eventually it was 1am and my friend's mom came out and told us we had to leave. Me and my two male friends and stalker head out and were waiting at the bus stop that my friend needed to catch. When stalker explains that she can't go home this late and that she needed to stay over. So I beg my other friend to stay with me which he agrees. We wait for the bus to pick up my other friend then head to my house. Things got super weird at this point. So basically, the stalker refused to sleep on the floor and only wanted to sleep in the bed with me. I eventually gave up and said okay while my friend slept on the floor. So I'm laying in bed and this girl stands up and just takes her bra and shirt off and then her pants and gets in bed with me. I at first was pretty dumbfounded and didn't know what to do, so I acted like I didn't notice. And then she started trying to kiss me and have me grope her. At this point I realized this girl had issues. I don't know if they were mental or just social, but I did not want to find out. I lightly push her off of me and explain I'm trying to sleep. She wouldn't take the hint and kept insisting that we cuddle. 
I was getting fed up. And so eventually, I wake my friend up. Pretty sure he wasn't asleep at this point. Nathan, you asleep? He sits up. No, why? So she covers up with the blanket so he doesn't see her naked. And then I basically explain that I wanted to go for a walk. And so I have Nathan leave the room and her get dressed so we could go for a walk. On our way out, I tell Nathan to get his bike. We walk outside at this point. It's almost 3.30 a.m. And Nathan walking with our bikes and the girl beside us. I'm thinking of ways we can get rid of this girl. At first, I suggest to me and Nathan just take a walk in the alley and go pee. But she says she's scared and wants to go with us. Eventually, while walking and talking, she says how she was on track in high school. Oh, you're on track. I bet that you can't beat us to the end of the block. At this point, Nathan looks at me and smirks, as he knows we're about to ditch this girl. For it to be 3.30am, this girl was excited as hell to go sprinting. She takes off running for the end of the block, and we take off in the opposite direction back towards my house. We rush back inside, and hide our bikes in my house instead of on the porch and go to the living room making sure not to turn on any lights. We sit in the living room talking about how crazy this chick is when she starts banging on my door. We stayed quiet for what seemed like two or three hours of her just banging on the door, talking to herself, banging on the door, then more talking to herself. Eventually, we heard the downstairs door open, and we watch her leave. I lived on the second floor of an apartment building, and my mom was out of town. So the next few days I go to work and don't see her, which is good. And then about a week later she comes in and she completely ignores me. She gets her random grapefruit and pretends to shop while me and a coworker are talking. She's wearing a backpack this time, and she walks right in between me and my coworker. We were maybe six feet apart. She turns to walk away and her backpack touches something on my flat cart. She turns around and starts screaming and throws all the boxes off my cart bunch of naked juices, some tomatoes, and a few other things I don't recall. She starts saying I grabbed her and that she wanted to talk to a manager, and so my co-worker, older guy in his 40s, tells me to go downstairs and just get away from the situation. I head downstairs and sit in the break room. About 10 minutes later, I'm called up the hallway where my store manager is talking to the girl. I see from the door that she leaves, and he comes in the hallway to talk to me. So this girl says you grabbed her and shoved her and that you were swearing at her. I explain what happened to the manager. He goes and finds my co-worker and then comes back to me after talking to my co-worker. My manager comes in, looks at me. You need to sleep with her already. We kind of chuckle and then he tells me, don't worry about it. She's just crazy. Eventually, she left me alone. But then my girlfriend started working with me and... The girl would come in to see me and my girlfriend and then go to her line and to check out. Girlfriend was a cashier. It was always really rude to my girlfriend. Eventually she stopped coming around altogether and from the looks of it, she's married to some 50 year old man on Facebook. She's 24. When I was 18, I was living in a small town. I was friends with the ratty skaters around, and they helped me connect with this dude who sold weed. He was 29 at the time and gave me pretty good deals and lived nearby. I wasn't driving at the time, so this was convenient for me. His name was Max. Max has always struck me as a weird dude, but I honestly quite liked his weirdness. Not in a romantic way or anything, but I like weird people. We had normal weed-buying interactions that never lasted more than 10 minutes. 
buy some weed, maybe smoke a bowl, that's it. He'd often tell me he could drop it off at my house, but I never let him, because as I said before, he was weird. I wasn't afraid of him, but was definitely aware that he and his offers to deliver were weird. One day in May 2018, I was invited to a bonfire by the same ratty skaters that introduced me to this guy. I had no idea he'd be there, nor was it important to me at all. I brought the guy I was dating at the time. I said hey to everyone, including Max. We stayed for a couple hours, and some of them played some music on their guitars. Nearing the time I was leaving the bonfire, around 11pm, Max was getting upset about something and threw his guitar in the bonfire. I didn't know what he was angry or upset about and paid no mind to it. This happened as I was leaving with the guy I was dating. I went to bed and woke up to paragraphs on paragraphs of crazy texts from Max ranging from 1am to 5am, like a constant stream of texts stating things such as, You know how much I loved you. You are a cruel prick. He would go back and forth saying, I would give you the world if you'd let me, and you really do deserve him though. He said really scary things like, You are a predator and should be snubbed out. Just wait, winky face. And you are stuck. I will either love you or hate you to the fullest extent my powers behold. Right now I pay the worst death on you and that bitch. To top it all off, he said, Losing you is like losing a mother to me, and told me to tell him I never loved him, and that I wouldn't hear from him again, if I did. So that's what I did. I said I never loved you, do not message me again, and left it at that. I didn't get a response, nor did I care to get one. Max had never expressed any romantic interest, asked me out or anything. This was all out of nowhere, and he was 11 years older than me. I was barely 18. That night he cut his long hair off and posted photos naked on Facebook, curled up in the fetal position talking about being a statue of shame. It's as if he had a breakdown, but I had no intention of causing that, and didn't think I would even offend anyone by bringing the guy I was seeing. Everyone else seemed to like the guy I brought. About a week later, Max texted me pretty late at night and asked if I had seen the flowers he spread along my sidewalk, saying that he stole every flower in the vicinity of my neighborhood that night. I asked how he knew where I lived, and said that I had never seen the flowers so he must have had the wrong house. I also told him he shouldn't do that, as I never felt anything for him, and so on. He told me that he had heard I lived on the same block as another one of the skater guys. We were both friends with, and he wasn't wrong. The skater guy I lived by was on the other side of the block, and I never walked that way, so I never saw the flowers. I blocked his number, and didn't hear from him again for weeks. Weeks later, I woke up after a rough night, and there were loads of flowers on the sidewalk right outside my house, along with a little bouquet at the top of my walkway. I was pissed. I wasn't scared yet, and stupidly I unblocked his number and texted him asking why the hell... There were flowers outside my house. This confirmed that this indeed was where I lived. I still to this day feel so stupid for texting him and making it known that after weeks he had found my house. He responded saying, hmm, sounds nice, twas me. I bitched him out basically and blocked his number again. About a week later I was out of town and my roommate texted me a photo of a heart with a peace sign inside of it and my name written under it, drawn in chalk outside our house. When I got back into town, I went to the courthouse and began the process of getting a stalking order against him. 
When I left the courthouse, I went to Max's work and told him he needed to stop this behavior and that he was stalking me. He looked me in the eyes with no facial expression and said, If you don't leave, I'm calling the cops. I got angry and said loudly, Call the cops. I was just talking to them about you, and left his work in a rage. Soon after this, I began driving again. I once drive by him and he noticed it was me. The next day, I woke up with my car covered in flowers. I presented my case to the judge and she put the stalking order in place. He was served with it by police officers, and I thought that was that, and he wouldn't be bothering me again. I was wrong. After the stalking order was served, he wrote several other chalk messages on my sidewalk, left random gifts for me like chalk, and beheaded my little pony heads on beer bottles. I always brought these things to the police station, but they said I needed to catch him doing it, take a photo, or get a security camera. So I got a security camera, and really hoped I would catch him. It turned out my security camera was stupid, and I couldn't just watch the videos it took, but had to skip through second by second by hand. It was an impossible task. I was terrified of leaving my house at night at this point. I never had my curtains open anymore, and I was so frustrated that my livelihood was being taken away from me. Ultimately, I unblocked his number, in hopes that he would text me directly, violating the stalking order. And after a few days, it worked. He sent me a weird text saying something like, Forgive me, we are charming. This is harming. Let us try again. By now it's September 2019, and he finally goes to jail. He is facing up to a year in jail and has to stay there until our court date. I finally start calming down. I'm able to go outside at night, even if just to get to my car. I let myself have my curtains open sometimes. I'm starting to feel alive again. Right when I start feeling secure in my small town life again, someone posted bail, and he was released after only three months in jail, and I went back to living in fear. We still had court dates coming up, and I was optimistic that he would serve more time for ruining my life for so long. His lawyer kept pushing the court date back to gather evidence, and after about six months of pushing it back, the state decided he wouldn't do anything more and closed the case, basically. I had moved out of town three-plus hours away at this point, so we didn't actually have an option to continue this behavior. Living in this new place, I feel safe. I can walk at night and don't have to have my curtains closed all the time. It's been over a year since they decided to close the case. About a month ago, he began responding to my friend's Instagram stories. Friends that live here in this new town, telling them how fond he is of me, etc. I have always had him blocked, but my Instagram isn't private, so he must have found them that way. I have since changed my account to private, and he hasn't messaged any more of friends of mine. I refuse to be fearful of him now. The way I was then, he will never find where I live, or where I work. However, my life is forever changed after this experience. I will always be more aware of people and their weird energy. I will always close my curtains early in the evening and make sure all the windows and doors are locked. I will always live a little bit in fear. Maybe not of him, but of it happening again. He ruined my life for a year, and I truly wish he had gotten that time in jail. He deserves it. <laughs>